0: Hi, this is Erica Potter. And this is Hunter Willis. And this is
1: Hot Girl Briefing. Hey, Hunter.
0: Hey, Erica.
1: What are we talking about on today's Keep and Breathe?
0: So today we are talking about a bit of a Um, There's been a bit of rumblings going on with the Catholic Church lately, especially surrounding the process of baptism. No, more like the pronouns.
1: Baptism or baptism pronouns in church.
0: There's a lot going on here. So before we get into it, we have a little statement for y'all. We just want you to be aware of. So Erica.
1: Yeah, so uh, we are going to be talking about the Catholic Church and baptisms. Um, So we just want to let y'all know that while we are discussing the Catholic beliefs, we want to really really emphasize that we believe in religious freedoms for everybody. We respect all religions. This was a topic that was kind of circulating the news. Uh, It was making some waves. So we really want to just talk about that. We are in no way pushing religion onto you. We are in no way suggesting that you should or should not be Catholic. We are just kind of reporting what's hot and going on and maybe not about Russia and Ukraine because that's everything that seems to be there. So just give a little, you know, statement for y'all
0: yes and we do have a little policy component at the end so we will not just be talking about religion this whole time so
1: yes yes
0: (laughs) so i guess to kick it off also we'll just give the disclaimer so i am not religious i am a bit more spiritual so i will be the guiding (laughs) the guiding questionnaire of this segment on asking the questions that those of us who are not so educated in the catholic church may not know so i will be i will be asking these questions
1: and uh to counterpoint that i am catholic i was raised in the catholic faith although i would say that my parents identified a bit more like spiritual we weren't like at mass every sunday and i did get the sacraments done and whatnot but like it's not like i'm about to hold a bible with me every night so i do have a little experience with the faith um so I will be able to add just little fun tidbits about that.
0: <laughs> so we do have a qualified a qualified person here on Hot Girl Briefing to talk about this.
1: Uh, qualified might be a strong word, but <laughs> experienced maybe.
0: All right, so let's let's get into this, Erica. All
1: right, so actually, this starts a little close to home for both me and Hunter with a church in Troy, Michigan, a suburban a suburb of Detroit, my Which is Uh, right
0: next to where we went to undergrad at. So that is truly close to home. It is the town over. So
1: yes, I've actually been there. I've been to that church once for a Spanish mass. It has a pretty large population for um, Mexican Catholics because Catholicism is the main religion over in Mexico. So my mom and all her friends go there and I've been there for a baptism or two. And um, it's like they do the whole mass in Spanish. So
0: Okay. So yeah, so
1: I've been there like once or twice,
0: but okay. it wasn't my church. <laughs> love to hear, love to hear. So we have an insider here that is talking about where this has all started from.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so it started with this one word in the way we do baptisms. So Reverend Matthew Hood, which, who was a young priest at St. Anastasia Church in Troy, Michigan, was watching a video of his 1990 baptism when he realized the deacon, which is Deacon Mark Springer was uh, when he was doing the baptism. So there's this like verse you're supposed to say to commemorate the baptism. Mm-hmm. Commemorate sounds like a weird word, but that's the best way I'm going to say. It. So um, we'll get into the phrasing, but basically he was saying "we baptize" instead of "I baptize." So
0: okay, what so you're supposed there's to there's one there's one word that is missing. <laughs>
1: It's just like a slight change. It's like literally one word. But so what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to say, like according to the Vatican is that I baptize you in the name of the father and and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. And when they say father and of the son, they mean God and Jesus. And Protestant churches do the same. But when people are saying we baptize you, they're trying to bring like a familial or like community dimension to it. Um. So back on June 8th, 2020, which if y'all didn't know was my birthday two years ago, um, I thought this happened this year because everyone's talking about it, but actually it happened two years ago where the Vatican was like, actually, no, um, you cannot say we baptize. So that meant that Reverend Matthew Hood's baptism wasn't real in the eyes of the Catholic church, which invalidated the rest of the following sacraments. And so fun fact, the baptism is the first one that happens when you're baby. But, um, so then you have like other sacraments later, which is the confirmation and then, or no, the communion confirmation and then the Eucharist. And so all those other sacraments, and then, uh, so that's just for a normal person for priests. They have to go through like all these other things. I was going to say, I feel like there has
0: to be like some like extra stuff going on here.
1: Yeah. Marriage is a sacrament. Um, so getting his priesthood was a sacrament. So literally.
0: So all of of that's just like null and void at this point.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't just that either. Okay. He was only a um, a priest for three years. And once he did end up getting ordained again. So I will just say that he was baptized and given the rest of his sacraments and ordained again as a priesthood within like days after okay. the church revealed this. But he had to, all of the marriages that he performed, they all had to redo their vows. There's about 30 of them during his 30, 30 year career. And so thankfully it was only three years, but you know, that, that includes any sort of confession that he did. It can includes any sort of like anointing of the sick, like all those mm-hmm. things that involved a priest to do it, he was not considered a priest to the church. So all of that was just, boom, gone.
0: And that, I mean, like, you really have to like make sure that you have that stuff. I mean, like as an ordained person myself, I am ordained and I have officiated marriage <laughs> before. So fun fact for the hot girl <laughs> briefing crew, I can do your marriages. This is a fact. Um, but no I like I had to have all my stuff in order to make sure that I could go and you know conduct this wedding like it was it was a thing you had to make sure you have all your little ducks in a row so that's like spooky that's like oh my god like what if, what if that happened to me what am what am I supposed to do about that I wouldn't know so well then he wasn't crazy. even
1: the one he wasn't even the one that did it though it was the deacon who did it wrong and the yeah. archdiocese of Detroit said that deacon Mark Springer is now retired performed nearly 800 baptisms at st anastasia church from 1986 to 1999
0: so we're all 800 just the just the we baptize instead of the i baptized
1: yeah yeah He so like, all okay, 800 so, just
0: gone just
1: so the vatican was like we're gonna assume that he, they Honest the mistake. church officials are like they're like all baptisms were presumed invalid unless there's clear evidence that you didn't use the phrase we baptize. So like guilty until proven innocent.
0: And so this is like a long time ago. So like not everybody just had like their little phones out like recording. So like you couldn't even go back and just like, oh, let me go look at like the Snapchat memories. Like you really had to like, if you were lucky enough to have a recording and you were lucky enough to have the wording right. Oh my God. I don't know what I would do at that point. That's okay. All right.
1: 200 baptisms were found to be valid, while 71 people step forward to go through baptism and the rest of the sacraments again. Another 47 are making new arrangements. I feel like that might have something to do with a different church, or maybe they just switch religions. I don't know, do a little switcheroony, switcheroony. <laughs> okay, so, right. I don't know. So
0: we basically have a quarter of the people that were baptized were valid baptisms at this point. Yeah. Okay. So
1: 455 people are still unaccounted for and 10 declined to participate. So, you know, that's they're just, they're like, I did one and done. I'm over. And the Catholic church is like, you never did one. Sorry.
0: <laughs> like I said, I would just be so just in shock of like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what do you mean? Okay. So this thing that I've thought my whole life now I'm like, we got to go have a redo basically now at how old like some of these people i couldn't have just been like oh yeah you know just like five years old no big deal you know it's only been five years but some of these people had to have been a bit like a fair bit older too
1: yeah i mean i mean like adult baptisms aren't like that uncommon like i can't tell you how many freaking videos i've seen on my instagram stories of people like doing a baptism again as they're older. And they're like, cause it's weird when it's like babies, they're wearing like the mm. little white dress. Like my mom mm-hmm. still has my baptism dress from when I was literally one years old. And they get like dunked in the water. They probably cry. Like I mm-hmm. probably did, cause I'm a big cry baby. And it's cold water, it's cold water. I might add it's not warm. Okay, so the holy baptism from, okay, I got this from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and they define the sacrament of the baptism as the basis of the whole Christian life, the gateway to life in the spirit, and the door which gives access to other sacraments. <laughs> the theory behind it is that through baptism, we're freed from sin and reborn as sons of God, which I think is like, that's why they really like to start it off young. Cause I mean, how
0: much mm-hmm. can you really
1: sin when you're like 10 months old, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, babies are like blank slates.
1: Exactly. So we become members of Christ and are incorporated into the church and made shares in her mission. I'm assuming they are referring to the church, which is interesting because typically it's more like male dominated. So it's interesting to see that they refer to the church as a with a female pronoun. But anyways, they say, quote, baptism is the sacrament of regeneration through water and in the world.
0: So okay.
1: so it's kind of like rebirth even though you're literally just born when you typically get it. Okay. And it symbolizes the catechum- the catechumens burial into the Christ's death and from which he rises up by resurrection within
0: him as a quote new creature.
1: Okay. Yeah, so... And so, okay, so
0: how, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to say this? Like what is the official, what's the official words that are supposed to be used in this process?
1: So... Typically, there's like, it's like a whole ceremony. It's like, again, I was a baby when mine happened. um, So I don't remember what was said during mine. So I could literally not be valid. Who knows? Like, there wasn't any issue at my church that I heard of. But like, I don't know what was said at mine. I'm sure there's a recording somewhere. Maybe there wasn't. I don't know. But so what you're supposed to say, what the priest is supposed to say is I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes, like I said, they were using that we baptize as a way to bring out familial or community dimension and a common thing is in the name of the father and of the mother of the godfather and of the godmother because there are godfathers and godmothers present as well they are incorporated into it of the grandparents of the family members of the friends in the name of community and then it would make it valid if the priest said i baptize you but when they say we baptize you because they're again trying to get that community in it becomes a problem because in the eyes of the vatican like they say it's not valid but like why why are they saying that? Like, what is so bad about using a different pronoun? And it's because when the priest is saying that, when he is saying or she, he or she or they, when they are saying that, they are using the they're like their Christ. They're literally like your Christ saying this. So when you say we, you are no longer no longer acting as Christ, and you are reducing the power and of. ecclesiastical power and religious power in your words and so you are no longer acting through christ and therefore this is not recognized from the catholic church okay um and then so because reverend hood's ordination in 2017 was ruled as invalid i I mentioned that the uh, the anointing of the sick were invalid the confessions so were all of his masses they were all invalid but but his baptisms were valid because a non-christian can perform a valid baptism. So even though he was not considered a priest because he used the right wording, his baptisms were valid.
0: It was considered valid because he just used the correct wording. Okay, that's a very interesting kind of like play on all of this.
1: Yeah, I I thought his baptisms would be ruled invalid as well. And I didn't realize that non-christians could baptize like Christians because like that's the thing like they're like, Theoretically, anyone can do anything, but, like, would the Catholic Church recognize it is another thing. And so it's interesting to see that they would recognize this from a priest who was not considered a priest in their eyes. All right. this isn't the first time, too. This isn't the first time that something like this has happened when it came in regards to the baptized, like, speeches. So some priests have tried to use gender-neutral nouns. We love to see it. Inclusive priests. and this was back in 2008 they were instead of saying our father our our son our holy spirit they were using i baptize you in the name of the creator the redeemer and the sanctifier or creator liberator and sustainer again gender neutral both of these phrases were deemed illicit and invalid by the congregation in again, again in 2008 they had like a little ruling similar to how our supreme court rules on stuff okay And then so we actually have the ruling from, it's the congregation for the doctrine of faith, which the first church to identify it was a church in Arizona with a priest who they discovered it like after a 20 year career. So at that point, he just resigned and chose to focus on like helping all the people that like were now considered invalid because of him. So he's no longer there, but they basically went to the Vatican and they were like, yo, we got a question. Like, is this okay? Where we say, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the Vatican was like, and this is word for word from their doctrine, we're going to include in our sources. And they said the deliberate modification of the sacramental formula was introduced to emphasize the community value of baptism, to express the participation of the family and those present to avoid the idea of concentrating sacred power in the priest at the expense of the parents and the community. So they're like, we acknowledge you, we see what you're doing, we see that you're trying to be inclusive, but... The second Vatican council asserted that when, quote, when one baptizes it as it, I just totally like word <laughs> fumbled. Sorry. So quote, was just,
0: there was a lot going on. I know, <laughs> I know there's, there's something many just, big you words. You know, you were just remixing it.
1: <laughs> I haven't been to mass in years guys, but anyways, when one baptizes, it is Christ himself who baptized. And so it intends to bring the sacramental celebration back to the presence of Christ, not only in the sense that he instills his virtues. This might be slightly off because I had to translate this from Italian. Well, the website did it for me, but it's translated okay. from Italian. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> into it to give it efficacy, but above all, to indicate that the Lord is the protagonist of the event being
0: celebrated. Okay,
1: so that's what we have here.
0: So all in all, very, very interesting because then this almost goes back because then you have like other people that were also talking about, hey, like this might've been used when I was baptized. So then, you know, is everything like right for me? And then the policy component of where this comes into this is that you have the Vatican who is an observer at the UN. So you already have that component of where, you know the Vatican is like, hey, we're gonna do this we are going to sit in, we're going to have our observer status, we're going to be trying to make things happen with these other countries. Um, So that's one component. But another component is that you have leaders that base their ideologies off of their morals. And so if somebody is engaging with these morals, they're engaging with a specific faith, and then it turns out that they don't have that, that they weren't necessarily and as involved in that faith as they thought that they were, that's kind of where this comes into play of where you have these leaders basing their ideologies off of these faiths, off of these morals. You see this predominantly in the U.S. with the pro-choice movement. You see this a lot of where people use these sorts of religious expectations and religious thinkings to justify one side or the other. And so that's where you start to get into the policy component of like, hey, like, if this is what we're basing things off of, and this is how we're basing our morals and our ethics, then how exactly does this play in a policy? So that's kind of where the policy component comes in and you have to think about it that way of where this isn't just a cultural issue, this is also a policy issue at this point because you're gonna have leaders that have been potentially in this situation that now it's kind of gonna be this you know, up in the air thing of like, hey, like I traditionally have thought of myself as this, like, is this, you know, specific path is that like would you like to change a path like we said earlier there were nearly 455 people that were still accounted for um 47 people yeah just from from one one church, church just from one single church 47 people were making new arrangements so we don't just like erica said we don't know if that's moving to a different religion we don't know what exactly that is so that's kind of where this all comes into play of where it's like okay like are we going to see a shift in leader policy, whether that's just in local politics, which is super possible, whether you're going to see that at the federal level? I I don't think so. I think at that point, you're pretty entrenched in your views. But, you know, people always change their viewpoints. Uh, People always surprise us with some of the members of Congress and members of the Senate. So it could be a little interesting. But that's just one of the things to think about of how this doesn't how this translates from a cultural issue into a political issue.
1: Yeah exactly and you know the Vatican and the Pope aren't just like a big deal like now in mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure everyone knows that but like they literally like controlled a lot of Europe so mm-hmm. this kind of like shift or this kind of ability to influence the political and the social from their religious standpoint has been like ingrained into that culture from Europe, and it's just transformed over time. So the yeah, roots I mean, of the Catholic Church go far.
0: The Holy See at the United Nations, it holds a lot of power, and it holds a lot of influence. So that's kind of where this comes into a policy issue, where things that are impacting the Holy See, where it's impacting the church, it could have an impact on international relations at that point. So it's really interesting to see these things come out, and, try, and seeing how they link up with cultural issues and having them be actual policy issues as well
1: so go back and check your videos check all of the check check with your parents if you're catholic and you're thinking maybe my baptism isn't valid because you know it it might not be there's not it's not just this one church it's not just that church in arizona there was a lot of priests coming out and saying oh hey i might have done this and Mm -hmm. it kind of threw everybody in a tizzy so check with your priest if you still talk to them let us know. Comment on the Instagram. Tell us, tell us if you think that this is fun. We don't. I don't think we've ever really discussed religious topics on the podcast. So it's kind of usually hilarious.
0: usually like politics is one of the things you always try and stay away from when talking with people that you don't necessarily know, and then religion is the other one. And we do politics all the time, and now here we are talking about religion. So we're truly hitting all the taboo topics on this podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Hunter, for talking about this with me. I know that as a non-Catholic, you're probably like, um,
0: It was just a lot of new information. It was a lot of new information.
1: Yeah, I haven't read any of this stuff since my catechism, which is something you need to do to go for confirmation. It's like church classes for like a year. I haven't like brushed up on any of this since like I was in eighth grade, which is a year late than what you're supposed to do, but that was the last time. So you can tell I'm not the most devoted Catholic.
0: (laughs) Fair. Well, we're happy that we had a somebody on the podcast who could elaborate a bit more. I definitely know that it was not going to be me. I definitely don't have the background information for this, so I'm happy you could elaborate for us.
1: Yeah, let us know if you need your chart reading. We, I think we know astrology a lot more. than Astrology, I got so. you.
0: I got you. We talk about <laughs> yeah. astrology. I will chart out the world leaders, and we can talk about that on a segment one day. I will chart out all of their risings, their moons we all know the sun signs. So the moon and the risings, those are the real sneaky surprise components there, but I'm
1: dying to know everyone's (laughs) moons.
0: Exactly. I know it'd be pretty interesting, but with that, we will leave you guys for this week and we will see you on Thursday for a keep it BRI episode. Bye. Bye.